This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. Mob violence can be bad publicity, and this is bad for business, but it also inspires a group of businessmen to take on Al Capone. Now one man shares how his grandfather came to be part of the Secret Six. The violence could be graphic, but in some sense distant. It's mobsters killing other mobsters. They not only developed better ways of getting their beer and liquor to the public, but developed better ways of killing people. Max Allen Collins and A. Brad Schwartz wrote Scarface and the Untouchable. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre is perhaps the most notorious chapter of Prohibition. When people start dying and things like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, happy days are not here again. But it's the killing of a civilian that sparks the mission to get Capone, led by a new group known only as the Secret Six. A contractor is building a hospital on Chicago's south side when shots are fired at the foreman, Phil Meager. I think the gangs were moving in on the unions. So, Tom, tell us what this is. So, my grandfather had a scrapbook. Building chief shot near U of C. The construction company is owned by Tom Barnard's grandfather, Harrison Barnard. Meager is shot, but survives. They shot him. It was a labor dispute. We don't know exactly who the gangs were at that point. Probably the West Side gangs. So maybe not Capone, or is it a Capone affiliate? Maybe not Capone, or early Capone. I mean, Capone moved into unions right around that time. His grandfather's scrapbook shows someone had been leaving pamphlets, a warning. Well, they wanted to scare the hell out of them is what they wanted to do. They wanted to shut down the job. Won't stop at murder, scab, now remember it. It won't be long, it's death. The mob shooting of a civilian is a turning point. When he went home, he went up to the attic, got a shotgun. My father, who's 102, still remembers that like it was yesterday. And my grandmother is saying, Harrison, you have small children, you have to do something. And there's the origin of your civic action. No business owner can outgun the mob. She wants him to make the smart move. He takes his case to business leaders. What happened is I think there were people waiting for somebody like my grandfather to show up angry. Harrison is angry. He convinces Chicago civic leader Colonel Robert Isham Randolph to form the Citizens Committee for the Prevention and Punishment of Crime, known by the newspapers as the Secret Six. While the federal bureaucracy is sort of getting up to speed, they're underfunded, they're understaffed, in many cases these agents are corrupt, you have private individuals in the city of Chicago, city fathers who are concerned about the bad publicity that gangsters are causing because it's financially bad for the city. You're scaring away investment. You're scaring away tourism. And they are particularly concerned about the upcoming 1933 World's Fair. That we have to do something before the fair starts or attendance will be lousy. And already the depression's kicking in. If they had any kind of attendance problem, 
they would have been in, deeply in the red. Led by Randolph, the secret group's muscle isn't the Tommy gun, it's financial influence and political power. Capone tries to intervene, inviting Randolph to his office at the Lexington Hotel for a beer. Well, they had a collegial meeting, but when uh, Capone tried to talk him out, we're not going to do it. Randolph wouldn't have any no, of it. He no, he wouldn't have any of it. But Capone let him leave. But yeah, Capone let him leave. So who are the secret six? Barnard says the group of leading businessmen includes the heads of Sears, Bell Telephone, and Western Electric, as well as his grandfather, Harrison. We never thought that he was part of the Secret Six. He never told his family, but they knew things were happening. He went up to get his shotgun, and they have now a night watchman on the front and the back, and he's getting an escort to work. Yeah. They knew something was going on. This is 20 years after the events. Tom Barnard finds a handwritten note in his grandfather's scrapbook. On this article, he writes, I was one of the secret six, HPB. And I think you can take from that that he was probably one of the original six. Even though they're known as the secret six, thousands of people contribute money to the mission. Their ties to President Hoover helped develop the strategy to go after Capone's taxes. He's convicted and sent to prison. The World's Fair is a success. 43 million people visit, and the Secret Six disappears almost as mysteriously as it starts. Funding for the Secret Six ended after Capone went to prison. That's, that was their goal. So they wanted him gone, and he, when he was gone, they settled up. Bills got paid, and they closed up shop. They closed up shop, yeah. Well, and they burned all the papers. Why would they burn all the papers? Wouldn't well, they want to his, preserve that for, for history? Well, his thought was that the material there could be used to extort people. Phil Meager takes this photograph of the hospital he helps build from his hospital room next door where he recovers from a gunshot wound. He's an innocent civilian who becomes a target, but also a catalyst for justice thanks to Tom Barnard's grandmother she persuades her angry husband to realize his rifle is not the best weapon to take down Capone. It's the powerful alliance of politics and money. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.